Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Williams, at Garrett720 on Twitter. Joining me, as always, Kyle Henning, at KDen16. How are you doing today, Kyle? Uh, It's another beautiful day. Uh, Actually, no, it's cold and it's not very nice outside. But it's not a bad day to not have to play a game this weekend, so it's a good day to be a Chiefs fan. Yeah, speaking of another Chiefs fan who we have joined us today, our special guest, he is a amateur Arrowhead, amateur Kansas City Chiefs expert, former Arrowhead addict writer, Tom Welty. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Really excited to talk about the draft and uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. You can find him on Twitter at Arrowhead Tom. And today we're going to be talking about some draft stuff. It's the we you know we got to buy this week. There's not much to talk about with Super Wild Card Weekend for the Chiefs, so it's a perfect time to be talking draft. Um, so you know, obviously, let's just hop right into it. The Chiefs are going to have a low uh, first round draft pick. So somewhere in the uh, 32-ish range. Yeah, probably in 32, probably only 32. I think it's going to be 32. Yeah. So yeah, pretty confident it'll be 32. Yeah, I think all of us are. So obviously there's a lot of a lot of needs that the Chiefs are going to be having next season. Uh, it's really important for the Chiefs to to nail these next couple drafts because of Patrick Mahomes' big contract. Obviously starting to starting to ramp up. So in the first Mahomes, round, Jones. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of contracts that are going to be that are going to be. <laughs> None of those are getting and, cheaper as we go. Yeah, exactly. So the Chiefs are really going to have to nail these these uh, draft picks the next couple years to make sure that we can really keep this dynasty, I guess, going. So uh, as far as the first round goes, Tom, how how do you see that panning out for the Chiefs? Um, well, it's going to either go really, really well or, or really, really poorly, just based on uh, what they need and, and where it all kind of plays out. I think the good news for most Chiefs fans and, and for the Chiefs is that this draft class as a whole is pretty uh, pretty well stacked at, at like the offensive line position across the board. It's not like last year where you had um, those first four offensive tackles were all like really, really good. But there's there's a lot more depth here. Like last year was those first four guys, and then it fell off cliff. Where this year, if you're sitting at 32 and you're looking at a guy like Liam Meikenberg or Samuel Cosme or um, Elijah Vera Tucker, any of those guys, you, you can take those and feel pretty good about it. So um, the other needs that the Chiefs have, it, it might be a little rough. So um, I really i am not a fan of this defensive end, like this edge class at all, uh, especially when you try to find guys who fit into what Steve Spagnuolo likes and uh, it leaves you with a really short list. A lot of those guys I don't think are – uh, I don't. I don't currently have a first round grade on on many of them. Um, 
actually there's only three guys that I would go, okay, I would take him in the first round. And um, the other one, of course, is wide receiver. The Chiefs are losing, um, are very likely to lose. Sammy Watkins, Marcus Robinson's contract is up. Uh, we don't even, like, I know he's liked in the locker room, liked on the team, but um, he's had kind of a rough year and has not been as productive as years past, has made some some pretty big blunders. So we'll see if he's back. I doubt either of those two are, are going to come back. So you need a wide receiver. Um, thankfully, there are some, there are some like second, third round guys that, that are kind of good. So you may, you may hold off on that. Um, everybody like for the last half a decade, we've all been going, you know, the chiefs are going to take a cornerback in the first round. They're going to take a cornerback. They're going to, and they still haven't. So, I mean, maybe this is the year now that we're all going, you know what, we don't really need a cornerback. They might take one. Uh, <laughs> That would be the surprise. And then there's a lot of talk about linebackers. So there are some guys who might be there at the end of round one. I'm not sold on that being the biggest like need for the Chiefs right now. But if nobody else is there and, and you're sitting there and looking at a guy like maybe Zayvon Collins, um, maybe you pull the trigger on that just because just based on the value. Okay. So <clears throat> I guess what I want to ask you first is what to, if you were to rank the Chiefs in positions of need, Mm-hmm. How, how what's the main I noticed I know in your mock because I looked at your mock that you put out the other day mm-hmm. I know in your mock you took a guy that I like a lot I've watched a bunch of mostly I've watched a bunch of him because our guy we had on last week Jordan Foote over at SI Chiefs likes him a lot mm-hmm. uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is somebody that you took in your mock in the first round so to me I, I guess my first question is is offensive line then our biggest need is that where is that where your viewpoint is on that and then with, or is that the value spot because of what they have in the talent level and the depth of that position group? And then on Elijah Vera Tucker, I know, cause I know you mentioned him earlier, mm-hmm. just kind of your thoughts on how he fits into this offensive line group, because they've got a lot of guys. It's, it's not like we're short of the guys at offensive line. We're just wondering if any of those guys are going to become the guys, I guess mm-hmm. is more my thing on that grouping. Yeah. So I, I guess just to go over the team needs, um, I think offensive line has to be not just like your, your first need, but it has to be your highest priority. Like you just have to figure that out first, because if you can get Patrick Mahomes some time and I mean, we've watched him, uh, you know, run for his life a lot this season. I mean, they're, you know, they're on third, fourth string undrafted guys starting, starting games here. Um, I mean, you just imagine, you know, one of the things you talk about Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, if you put Patrick Mahomes by Aaron behind Aaron Rodgers line, I don't know if he doesn't throw for, you know, 5,000 and a half yards. Yep. Like, I mean, he just, you know, it's a whole different, I know there's, there's good receivers there. Thank but. you for bringing that up because that was a topic that I've saw. Uh, it was a blue check mark and I cannot remember which blue check mark, but somebody put out, well, if you put Rogers in Mahomes' offense, we pretty much know what that looks like because look at all that weaponry. But if you put Mahomes in Rogers' offense, what does it look like there? And my mind went, uh, Devonte Adams, the mm-hmm. best offensive line in football. Yep, a top five running back who's one of the best pass catchers. By the way, we found this out the hard way. Um, in case anybody forgot what he did to us in the game yeah. without Mahomes last year, um, Aaron Jones is is pretty good at football, kids. And then um, they still have a bunch of like dudes, like a Demarcus Robinson style guy and mm-hmm. a. McColl style guy. Now they don't have Tyreek. I understand that they do not have Tyreek Hill. However, we don't really have a Devonte Adams. Yeah. Some would argue Sammy, which that's the luxury I like of having Sammy Watkins around, is because you saw what he did to Richard Sherman in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He took Devonte Adams' route and he ran it and he burned him. 
but you get so, Sammy for six games a year. Uh, uh, hey, as yeah. long as four of them are in the playoffs, I don't care. Exactly, yeah. Well, and I would say, you know, my, my counter to that is I think if you put Aaron Rodgers in the Chiefs offense behind this offensive line, he's probably going to break his collarbone for like the ninth time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably in game two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because exactly. he, he's been hit. Well, that uh, it, the game that it, I remember the most is I think it was the Saints game when he mm-hmm. got hit from both directions oh, at the yeah. same time, and you saw him sit on the bench yeah. and go, oh, "That didn't feel so good." It's one of the like, few, that may be the only time I've seen Mahomes look like actually like yeah like angry at his own team. Like I've or, seen him kind of locked just, in, but yeah, or just like affected by getting hit. Because mm-hmm. the other thing we have to remember is. He took a lot of shots because he played at freaking Texas Tech and they didn't block anybody yeah. either. Yep. So he's built differently than Rodgers because he's just bigger. Um, as far as he's thicker than Rodgers, he seems to be a bigger, bigger dude than Rodgers is. Um, yeah. But he's also now Aaron's taking a ton of punishment because for whatever reason, the Packers front office just doesn't like him. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't understand it. They don't. Mm-hmm. But. If you put him behind that offensive line with those weapons, because Valdez Scantlin is not a bum. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is talent out there. Tanyan is, what is he, leading the league in touchdowns for a yeah. tight end, I think. Yeah. Um, he's been really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. You got Devontae Adams. You got Aaron Jones. And you've got that offensive line. That's the 2018 Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, with, it's, it's a good team. With no defense. Like, that yeah. defense, like <laughs> – it's the same conversation to me. So the question is, I already know what we do, what he'd do. Like you said, he put up 5,500 yards and 50 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So. 2018 is what his MVP season numbers were, basically. Yeah. And that's basically what you're looking at with Aaron Rodgers. Now, yeah. I kind of feel bad for Rodgers because he lost a part of that little that, that stability because David Bakhtiari being out is huge for them. Yep, we'll right. see how that works for, for them in the playoffs. But just going back to your, I guess your question, so offensive line, I, I, I think it's just such a weird uh, – I was thinking about this last night. You know, there's a really good chance that four of the five positions on that offensive line could change this offseason. Outside of Eric Fisher, I think you could upgrade or you can make an argument that we need to upgrade all those positions. I know – so you got Mitchell Schwartz. Say that depends um, on if he retires or not and if he's healthy or not. Yeah, I mean, and I was – call this a gut a gut feeling um, – but I, I think I think we've seen the last of Schwartz. Um, I'm I, not optimistic. Yeah, I, and again, I think some of the local guys have kind of hinted at that. You know, um, you know, talking about the the back injuries and, and that kind of thing, and and just how kind of quiet it's been. Um, Eric Berry, quiet. Yeah, kind of pretty much. And again, I, like I love Mitchell Schwartz. Like don't like that's not. If, and if it's time for him to go, like hats off to him. He's going out a champion. Like you know, and should dude, be I'm going like, to Canton. Yeah love him on, on Twitter. And like, he's, you know, his, his analysis, like I'm, I'm kind of hoping if he just slides out, he'll go into the, the local, um, you know, kind of sports media and, and we'll get to, you know, you know, he's getting a food network show that too. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just a great guy to follow, but um, that's, those are big holes. To fill. I did go back and I was watching more of um, a 2019 third round pick Lucas Nyang. I really think, I think they've got something there and I think that they're going to put him, I think they're going to slide him into that right tackle spot. So I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, let's draft a tackle, let's draft a tackle. I think, I think they, whether they knew about Mitchell Schwartz's back or, or not, um, my guess is he's a tough dude. And he, he was probably telling them last year, Hey, my back hurts, my back hurts. And they're, you know, just getting him along. And for him to, you know, come out in the middle of the season, like he did this year, it, it must be pretty bad. And so 
they may have drafted that with some knowledge we don't have, you know, just as a public. But I so think- on the Niang front, I want to ask you: Do you think this opt-out year actually benefits him since he was coming off of that nasty hip injury? Uh, yes, I think it, I think it benefits him as long as he did what he was supposed to do. And again, I don't I don't have any reason to believe that he doesn't. But I think that if the Chiefs gave him a specific plan and said, "Hey, you need to hit these goals and you need to be doing," I, and again, I don't know uh, too much in terms of once you've opted out, how much like I don't know how much contact he can have yeah. with the team or if he yeah. can be in there, you know, sure. doing, you know, training or what I would imagine there are some pretty tight rules on that, but if anybody know. knows, let us know, just yeah. let one of us know. Cause I'm, I think we've, I think I've heard that discussed a couple times where there's a bunch of gray areas on this. If anybody finds out or has any information on what kind of contact, cause I'm curious to know about that, but Damien Williams also mm-hmm. like with Niang, I, I fully agree with you. Um, I think, I think if he followed, which, and you're right, we, he's never given us a reason to. And if you listen to what they talked about him, him pre-draft and just listen to him in his draft interviews from his post-draft, I don't have any reason to think that would dude would be any remote problem at all as far as doing, doing those things. So, yeah. So I think the rehab is important. I think getting him, uh, you know, just kind of NFL, like in NFL shape, that'll probably be the biggest challenge, um, you know, because that there's the speed of the game. So offensive line, the thing I'll say, and I'm a little surprised this isn't talked about a little bit more when we talk about Mitchell Schwartz, you know, retiring. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, LDT didn't come back. You know, if he said, you know what? Yeah. I like doing this doctor thing or, hey, you know, COVID's not going to just go away. And he may say, you know, this is it's time to move on. And, you know, I would respect that. I respect him a lot. But I, I again, and he's I think 30, 31, 32. Uh, I might be. He's might getting be up there. Definitely. He's in yeah, his 30s. He's. he's He's an older guy. He's battled some injuries. He might just say, hey, you know, I've already done this for one year. Um, I might as well make that transition now. And, you know, again, not playing football for a year. And we know that he's been out there. You know, he's he's working on the front lines. He's an incredible dude, you know, going through through med school and, and playing in the NFL. Like I wouldn't I would never doubt again, you know, doubt him or bet against him. But if he if he just wanted to, you know, ride off into the sunset, you know, in his in his uh, medical coat, you know, more power to him. I wouldn't you know, I'd respect the decision. So. Those are two two big ones. Um, so that's part of the reason why we mentioned Elijah Vera Tucker. One of the best things about Elijah Vera Tucker is that he has that flexibility to play guard or tackle. So he last year he played guard for USC. This year he played tackle, and he surprised people because he played better than what really anybody expected. Um, I thought he looked at his best when they kind of let him, you know, move around a little bit, move move laterally, get out in space, and, and throw some blocks, which I think you know Andy Reid would love. Uh, if he can kind of, I didn't think he was that, this is going to weird, be a weird statement. I didn't think he was as mobile as he was just watching him play guard. But when they put him at tackle, it just seemed like a whole different player. So as long as he can kind of convert that mobility that he showed at the uh, tackle position to the guard. And I don't know if it's just, you know, him having to move around other guys or just kind of the position on that line. Um, or it could just be, he's developed as a player, which would be awesome. So I think you can draft him. Um, you throw him next to, to Eric Fisher and you have some stability there. You have a lot of talent there, or, you know, again, you bring him into camp, you say, all right, Lucas, Elijah, you guys are going to duke it out. One of you is going to play guard. One of you is going to play tackle at the end of the day, we'll put the best guys on the field. Um, and you, you work it out that way. So there's some flexibility there, uh, kind of some insurance if Niang doesn't work out. Um, but I really do think that they're going into the, the, you know, uh, next year expecting Yang to be the starter. The other thing I'll say about the offensive line, um, I don't have anything against Austin Ryder, but I really think 
the Chiefs would benefit from having a center who really takes command of um, of that offensive line a little bit more. Uh, again, I don't know. Um, I'm not in the locker room. I can't speak to all that dynamic, but just watching, it really seems like uh, Patrick is still in charge of the protections, calling those out before the play. Um, if you go back a couple of years ago before Alex Mack uh, signed with the Atlanta Falcons, and that's when their offense really blew up. Um, Matt Ryan talked about how important it was for his development to have a center who could handle the protections so that Ryan could focus on the coverage. And I'm just thinking about a situation where we take a little bit off of Patrick Mahomes' plate so he can look more at the secondary and decide how to attack it. I would really love for them to find that guy to partner with, uh, with Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years to be the guy who's, you know, who, who's uh, snapping the ball to him, who's calling out those protections, who's kind of organizing that offensive line. So for me, I think the most important part is getting the offensive line in, intact, um, making sure that you're protecting Patrick Mahomes. After that, uh, I really think defensive end is the next biggest need on our team. I don't hear a lot of people talking about that necessarily. Um, you know, we're we definitely lack uh -oh. a third a third good pass rusher across from Frank Frank Clark because we had a we had a guy earlier this year with Taco Charlton who you know mm -hmm. emerged and he started out really hot, but it's just very evident, especially from like the the middle to the end of the season this season where there was just like not much pass rush getting home. Like Chris Jones and Frank Clark just were not getting home by themselves. And so mm -hmm. they really need a third, third guy to kind of come out and be a threat. So, you know, they can have a guy on both edges and then in the middle too. So I think edge is definitely one of the bigger needs, but I agree with you when you said earlier that this edge, this edge class is, is kind of, it's shaky. You know, I feel like there's a lot of more undersized guys, a lot of guys that really don't fit Spags's, kind of the the build of a spags d end uh mm -hmm. you know it's more of a smaller quicker guys who are, would be more better in like a three four scheme so mm -hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see how like the edge kind of uh breakdown goes in the draft yeah. so on on those two fronts and and i want to talk about both things here because i think the internal position is an interesting one i personally i again i don't have an issue with austin Ryder. I just need to see him develop more if he's going to continue mm -hmm. to play that position. Um, Mitch Morse is a guy where I've kind of really hated letting him basically leave for free to Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And Josh Allen is reaping the rewards of having that guy in yeah, front of him. He's had a really good season in Buffalo this um, year. Yeah. Also, I, I'm interested to see what they do with Kelechi Osimile, um, mm -hmm. because remember, I know it was week two, or whatnot week when well, no, it was week five, I think when he blew out his knees against the Raiders. So mm -hmm. I, that guy, that guy loved that organization. He really wanted to be there and there's not going to be a huge market for a guy that just came off of two knees. Yeah. So if the chiefs still think he's got something and they trust the, the rehab and the, and the work, cause the dude's going to work. He was lifting in a gym <laughs> five minutes after he had, blown out both of his knees with yeah, what just got done like, with surgery <laughs> with what looked like literally like scaffolding wrapped around himself yeah. but it was braces like the if that dude plays they that's one of the guard spots you don't have to worry about i agree with you completely on the ldt thing and i find it interesting also and I, again i love larry he's a he's an awesome dude from all accounts everything you see everything he does and obviously with what he did this year it's not even a, he's just an insane human being also you talked about him going to med school while playing nfl football um no 
not know, but not even like I couldn't dream of doing that. Yeah, that's insane. Just just knowing people that went to med school and the amount of time that like those people lose their minds doing that. So but he also was declining some last year and I know he's coming off an injury and that may be some of it and it may have been taking some time to get back. But if his level of play didn't come back up and I don't know that another maybe maybe spending more time with that off from that injury is a good thing or maybe it's a complete lack of conditioning now because like you said, he's working. I can only imagine the shifts he's running, running COVID units. Yeah. So uh, there's some question marks on him. He was um, definitely one of those guys where I was I, before when he opted out, I was one, that was one of the things where I was like, yeah, he's probably not going to come back just cause you know, the opportunity he's going to get. And now he's, I believe he started like his uh, whole, like he's more, he's further along in the he's medical a residency. Yeah, now, exactly. He has his red- residency. So, you know, he's probably just going to fully commit to that. I would, well, you know, not be surprised if he does. Goes the only that reason route. I say he might not is they owe him like what four million dollars. Yeah, million? I mean he still can make come back and make a good chunk of change next so, year. So I mean you come in and collect that last little retirement fund and put that away and you know. But um, I, I agree the offensive line is going to be a position of interest. I am not as concerned about the edge because I think they found some things this year. Um, I do think you'll see Taco back um, in a Chiefs uniform next year. Uh, for basically the same deal he was on this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be much of we're We're entering into the land now, and this is going to be a weird adjustment for, for Chiefs fans, is people actually want to play here, and they want to play here for multiple reasons. The quarterback helps. Uh, mm-hmm. The constant ability to have a shot at the Super Bowl helps. But Andy Reid, this organization, front office treats people they talk about it in kansas city all the time with the way the royals did things during the pandemic with the staff and with the players and with the miners and that these organizations in kansas city get it they're they do things a certain way and now guys now guys in today's day and age where basically everybody's getting paid some way or another not your bottom end guys but like your big guys mm-hmm. they're gonna pick based on opportunity to win opportunity to you know grow a brand and when you win you grow a brand so i think you're gonna see and then they're gonna take chances on guys deandre baker uh taco charlton uh you you, i mean we've seen it tim ward Mm -hmm. um mike dana uh tershawn wharton and i'm not i'm talking some of these guys aren't like character chances some of these guys are just like are you good enough to play in this league (laughs) chances yeah so they're not they're not opposed to taking shots on guys, and they also trust the heck out of themselves when it comes to doing their homework. So, um, but with Dana, I think you've seen some things out of Dana and out of Tershawn Wharton, and even out of some Colin Saunders when we got a little sneak peek at what that looks like <laughs> with a big man in space last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that you couldn't put him on the edge and let him rush Pasher off the edge. Mm-hmm. He's fast enough, and he looked fine rushing out of a two-point stance. Yeah. I, uh, not to cut you off, but I, here, here's my thought process with with the defensive end position. And this is, um, you, y'all got to promise, don't tell Frank Clark I said this. Uh, <laughs> that man's scary, and I don't yeah. want him to show up at my door. I don't even want him to like <laughs> at me on Twitter. Like, just don't don't tell him I said this. But Frank Clark for a couple of games there really really like struggled, and he struggled at that point last year. And, and you know, people are always. It, Last year, we you know we kind of had confirmation that there was an injury. You kind of wonder if there's something going on this year, and, and so like again, 
Frank Clark is a bad dude. And when he's on the field and when he's healthy, I think he, I think he has an elite skill set skill set and can play with the best of them, but he's, he's, you know, battling injuries. And when he's not, you know, on his a game that you can, you can see the difference in that defense. Now, thankfully he's, he's picked up in the last couple of weeks. And, and like I said, I have complete confidence in him, but you know, my, my thought process is, what happens if those injuries catch up with him the next year or two? Because that, that contract's one that you can't really get out of. You kind of have to hedge against the potential that, or, or I mean, let me let me put it this way: What's that Chiefs pass rush look like if week two next year? I'm knocking some wood before I say this. You know, Frank Clark tears his ACL. He's done for the season. Right. You got this, right? So you you got to get now. some bodies. Um, you got to get some bodies in there to help supplement that and to be that next guy up for Frank Clark. Um, you know, and, and again, you benefit there. If you, if you have a guy who can, who can be 75 or 85% of what Frank Clark gives you, and you can pull Clark off the field for a couple more snaps, keep him a little more fresh there, there, to me, I think that the defense is going to win on, on that pass rush and you need to, you always got to keep that covered stocked. And, and I think, um, whether Taco's back, I, man, I think I can't wait for them to move on from Alex Okafor. I didn't like the signing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Like he's making too much money to, yeah. to get hurt and there. to do nothing. Um, you yeah, know, he wasn't like any, but... he wasn't a big, uh, like a showy signing. He was just kind of like a, if, I mean, he'd be a good depth, but him starting is just kind of like not much there. Yeah. But, uh, he, he just looks like he's lost almost all the juice. Even, I mean, just from this year to last. I mean, last year he had some games where he was playing well. Yeah. Then he got hurt and then he came back this year and he got hurt. And that's been his story. I mean, he's been hurt, I think, uh, almost the last four consecutive seasons. I mean, he's played maybe one full season in the NFL. So, um, you know, they rolled the dice on a guy that didn't work out. I think they just need a, a running mate to, to be there on that edge. Um, yeah. So I'm going to – I'm I'm happy you brought up the Frank Clark thing because Garrett, Garrett knows I've been debating on – I'm either going to write about it or I might just drop a little bit of it here. But I can give you some insight on the Frank Clark thing. One of those things is an injury. Neck was the main problem last year. Mm-hmm. One of those things is a condition, and it ain't ever going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, if, if everything that he has said in his press conferences when it is in regards to his stomach is accurate, I'll be able to share. I'm going to be sharing some insight with some folks on what that mm-hmm. looks like because I personally deal with a condition um, that he described almost to mm-hmm. a letter. Yeah. And I and I have about nine years worth of experience in dealing with it. And I'll tell you a secret, it goes nowhere. Yep. And it doesn't and, and it's not and there's no way to tell how every day is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Some days are good, some days are not, and you look the mm-hmm. same either way. You may not feel the same and you <laughs> will be physically struggling, but you look the same either way. So yep. when people see you, they do not believe you. And they do not necessarily think that you are sick or that they're... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. 
Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. There's something going on. As a matter of fact, when he said what he did about the inability to diagnose the condition itself, it sparked my attention. Then he said it came from after his appendix was removed, which is conveniently something I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there's that. There's a part of that that's never leaving. And I and I think sometimes, like, when he came out at halftime in that game mm-hmm. um, and they said stomach condition, how, how does it just come up like that? Because <laughs> if you get dehydrated, yep. it's a wrap. I, I've spoiler. I've spent, I've spent multiple days in a hospital because of this condition. So I'm I'm probably going to be dropping an article about that on, on the network here shortly to kind of, I don't want to speak for Frank because, and I'm just going to kind of show you the clues that I put together from everything that he said, and then give you my experience with dealing with it. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a little sneak peek spoiler for everybody, but I will just tell you that man is a monster and, You know, uh, I, I agree with you, but I don't think he's going anywhere from a physical mm-hmm. standpoint. The condition on the stomach thing, it's just a management thing, man. It's really what it is. And sometimes even when you manage it to the letter, it goes and does wacky sh- all on its own. Mm-hmm. And it's all, and it is just is what it is. But if he's anything like I think he is, there are days you just fight through it and go to work. Yeah. And he will and- just fight through it and go to work. Yeah. And like that dude I'll, is. I'll fight through it. <laughs> so um i i agree with the, with the needing something ahead of help at pass rusher on the edge i just don't think there's anything in this draft that just unless there's just a you know a fifth sixth seventh diamond in the rough gym that they can bring in that they really like that's just a huge that's just a prototype that they think they can teach mm-hmm. i don't know where you address that really in this draft yeah so let me let me throw this idea out here and this would probably uh, necessitate like a trade-up um but here, here's my first one. This is a guy I've been on for a while. Um, I, I absolutely love Joseph Osai out of Texas. Now, I will tell you, I'll be the first one to say this guy is smaller than what Spagnuolo likes in terms of playing with your hand in the dirt, defensive end on a base down. But you also look at Osai's background in terms of where Texas was playing him last year as an off-ball linebacker. So he's, he's got that versatility. Here's, here's, my, here's my sales pitch. You draft Osai. You let him play as a linebacker on base downs as your as your Sam linebacker, right? Um, he he's kind of there more so to. I mean, he he's pretty adequate in coverage, but you you let him play your Sam linebacker pass rushing downs. You drop him down, uh, hand in the dirt. I, the guy who's I, I compared him to. Um, if you if you follow the NFL for a while, if you if you go back to when uh, the New York Giants were winning Super Bowls with Steve Spagnuolo, they had a guy on the roster named Matthias Kiwanuku. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Don't ask me to say it again, (laughs) Uh, but they drafted him. He was, everyone's like, well, he's a pass rusher, but they had pass rushers. So they played him at linebacker for, I think the first year, year and a half. He kind of ended up being that hybrid guy who, when they went down into the NASCAR packages, when they went down into, you know, uh, go rip Tom Brady's head off, he had his hand in the dirt and I'm going, man, how fun would it be to have a guy like that in Kansas city and Joseph Asai? That's, that's my I like that. So I'll just throw that out I, there. 
I've watched him at Texas some because we're in the Big Twelve area. So I, I, I don't and and I see some of the things you're talking about just just rolling through my head, especially at the if I remember right, the OU game. I think it was last year. Maybe it was early. There. Maybe it was this year. But mm-hmm. he had a he had a pretty good day um, against Oklahoma. Yeah, um, I think you get two birds with one stone there because you're we're also losing. I believe Damian Wilson's contract is up after this year. Yeah, I think uh, so. they're going to have to do some stuff with Hitchens and Wilson. Um, the the linebacker group is the thing, and that's where that brings me to my my one question really on on this end for that portion is at linebacker. Uh, now I will tell you, I'm a Notre Dame guy, so I've watched the world out of this kid, but. Uh, Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame is just a guy that, uh, first of all, I feel like he could run your defense for you, but he's just sideline to sideline. He's one of the best linebackers in college football, if from mm-hmm. everything that I've seen. So I just kind of, with this posi- with that position, it seems to always be talked about, especially with really, we've only picked up one dude to kind of fill that. I know they love mm-hmm. Hitchens. Don't. Anthony Hitchens, I love you, man. Don't take that. I'm not saying you're not capable of playing football in this league or being on this team. I am saying there are other guys in that linebacking group that people don't love seeing on the field. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine that they love having them on the field other than the fact that they, I mean, they've talked about it. He knows his position. Great. Mm Mm-hmm. Ben Neiman, I love you, buddy, but great. (laughs) Yeah. But does anyone really, is that, was that a true statement you just said? Yes, they've said it in the press conference. Well, what, they, they love him they or said, did you love him? They said that they would rather have – Spagnuolo basically said they would rather have him on the field than Willie Gay because he knows where to be and he does it and he knows when to be there. It's not about his guilt speak because he can't cover anyone out of the backfield. Yeah, he can't like, cover anyone. Yeah, yeah like, so there's limitations and there's just mm-hmm. got to be somebody that comes in there and we haven't had a linebacker, and we usually have a linebacker, Derek Thomas, Derek Johnson. Who's that next guy? Is it Willie Gay? Is it not Willie Gay? If it's not, and he's just a nice, really complimentary, super fast outside linebacker, fine. But mm-hmm. we got to find the quarterback of the defense because it isn't always going to be Honey Badger. Yeah, well, Willie Gay, I mean, that's I think that's been the most frustrating part of the season for a lot of Chiefs fans, which if that's the worst part of your season, that's a pretty good thing. But, yeah, uh, man – I was so excited to see him play, and then like the second or third snap on defense, he gets hurt. Uh, Same boat. You know. Same boat. Yeah, uh, pulling out, but you know, hopefully we'll see him back in the in the playoffs. Uh, going back to Owusu uh, Koromoa, so I actually I put off watching him because I looked at his measurables and I said, "Where are you going to play him? Because he's not he he's not big enough to play uh, as a Mike and, and Spagnola's system." And I'm like, "I don't, man, I don't want to watch him, but." You know, I'm following the draft news and just different news around, and I just keep hearing him, keep hearing his name, and you know, oh, he, you know, he did this and he did that. I was like, all right, okay, I'll turn the game on, and I was like, there were there were a couple plays that I just went like I audibly went, holy cow, like are you kidding me? Um, there was there were a couple plays where I was like, are the police going to show up and arrest this man for murdering that dude because he just <laughs> lit him up? Mm-hmm. And I, it, it, you wouldn't think that you were watching a guy who's you know six one two, I think he's two twenties. Um, he looks like a safety and he plays like, yeah, it's not, it's not normal. Yeah. I mean, you talk about, it's like if Jonathan Abrams was actually good at football, um, (laughs) he he just plays with his hair on fire. I don't know if we can uh, just like skip over that comment. Uh, (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong, but goodness. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about it. He, man, I, I didn't want to like him. I'm like, cause I I get kind of, I'm a, like, first of all, I love defense and I'm a little bit of an old school guy. Like, 
I, I kind of, I, I very much like Spags is a man after my own heart. Cause I'm like, yes, four, three defense, go let your four guys go get them blitz when you want to have fun. Like, you know, play for some big ball, knock some people's heads off. And Jeremiah Owusu Kormo is not that, but man, if he's not fun to watch, the biggest concern I had with him watching, like just going in, I was like, I really want to see how he engages with offensive linemen. And can he, can he get off a block and can he get around a guy? Can I send him through, you know, send him through the a gap. Can I send him on a blitz? And here's the thing. He's not a guy who you're going to like have him go run and stack up a guard and, you know, and, you know, just eat him up in that play. He's not a Reggie Ragland type, but man, you send him in on a blitz. He's going to, he's going to like just warp speed over that guard and he's going to destroy their quarterback or their running back. Um, there's a play against Clemson where I, he just like steals. I, I had to watch it two or three times just to figure out what was happening on the play. Cause he, the Clemson quarterback has the ball. He goes to give it to the running back. And then Jeremiah Owusu-Kormo is in the end zone with the football, a touchdown <laughs> Notre Dame. And uh, he's, he's just got that, that big play, that big splash playability that I think if you're sitting there at 32, it, like you can't overthink it. You draft talent, right? Yeah. You definitely you, have you, to draft talent. You draft him, you put him in there, you find a play, you, you give him Dan Sorensen's job. You give him Ben Neiman's job. You can give him, you know, Colin Saunders linebacker job, whatever <laughs> job he, you can get him on the field and, you get him out there and you, you just let him, you know, but that's, that's also very, I think it's kind of against what uh, uh, Spags kind of likes in his rookies, but man, he would be so much fun just in terms of his big playability. Um, again, you worry about the size, you worry about kind of like uh, Isaiah Simmons last year where it's like, is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Well, it doesn't matter. He's an athlete. He can right. play football. And he, um, I will say, you know, to, to his credit, he does not play. He plays a lot bigger than what he is. And so, uh, I think you really have to count that in your evaluation. Um, again, he might get washed out by some blocks from time to time, but he's going to, especially on the boundary, he's going to get out there in space and he's going to make plays, you know, uh, good luck running any screens when he's on the field. Like uh, I would not want to be a running back or a wide receiver and look up and see that kid running at me. Yeah. So he's he'd definitely be, he'd be a lot of fun. He's definitely a, a super talented athlete and it'd be awesome to have him on the field the only thing i think the size it might be a problem for spags i think that's the same case for mm -hmm. joseph asai is that i feel like spags is kind of older in the ways where he just he really likes the size guys and he really likes to go bigger on the defensive side and i mean mm -hmm. we've seen like we've seen all year how he hasn't really utilized willie gay that much and obviously that's part of it is being a rookie but just the fact that you know we have a almost a jeremiah owilsu type in willie gay i mean you know a, a fast athletic guy he's really gets bigger obviously but you know mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things where uh, i think we might need a bigger kind of a more like an anthony hitchens type but younger mm -hmm. essentially yeah. because the he seems spag seems to like more bigger linebackers and then just bringing in like safeties and other dbs to kind of fill that mm -hmm. fill that role but uh in terms of you know the rest of the defense you know other positions that we could possibly see come off the board you're talking about corner earlier well mm -hmm. who do you think would be available at 32 for corner that would be worth worth being a, a pick because in my opinion i think corner is one of the deepest positions that the mm -hmm. the chiefs have say, in 2021 job are they taking yeah exactly. you're gonna have to answer that question too yeah because yeah, we have Jarius sneed we have you know mm -hmm. rashad fenton and then you'll probably bring back either breland or ward likely yeah. and then obviously you have deandre baker so I actually, I think that they've got one more year. Of, I could be wrong. I think they've got one more year with Ward as a restricted free agent. Now, yeah, he's an RFA this year. Oh. Yeah, somebody might snipe, you know, try to pick him up, but I, I doubt it. Um, honestly, I've done, I've done 
less work on the cornerback class this year than I have, like I said, for the last five years. Just because I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going corner round one. And of course, because I think that this, this is probably the year they'll go. Yeah, corner it might just be the year. Um, if I, I mean, just if you're talking, you know, pick who you want. I really, really am a big fan of uh, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. I don't think he'll be there. Um, he's the son of uh, former NFL player uh, Joe Horn. So, like, and this is this is a weird class because there's like three cornerbacks who are all like the kids of yeah. former NFL players. Patrick Sertain, uh, I believe, and Asante yeah. Samuel. The second, too. which that kid's a, gonna yeah. be really, really I would good. Love to, I, would have, if, I would love to have a Patrick Sertain reunion with his uh, yeah, his right. Um, but you know, those guys I think are gonna go top. Uh, one of the guys who's kind of on my list to to watch is uh, Darian Kendrick from Clemson. Uh, I think um, he's he's an interesting. He's kind of a love him, I hate him, hate him kind of guy. I know he's he's pretty new to the position, if I if I remember correct, um, but has a good athletic profile and has really like, in his second year as a cornerback has I believe it's his second year has really stepped forward and um, you know height weight speed guy that they're gonna like. Um, one guy that I always like when I'm working through these like mock drafts and this is this is not a first round guy, but he's kind of a later guy later guy is T.J. Carter out of Memphis. Um, one of the things that I've noticed with Spagnuolo corners is. He wants dudes who are like just complete, like who are alpha males, big dogs. They're going to, yeah. you know, whether, regardless of whether or not they're talented, whether, I mean, I remember watching, you know, when Ward started playing. I mean, just you have that confidence even when bad plays happen, right? Mm-hmm. You just, you reset and you keep going. Uh, TJ Carter out of Memphis, just was one of those guys uh, who has stood out to me when I, when I watch it. Just, I feel like he's unshakable, you know, right? He, he has bad play, but he'll bounce back. Not not going to be you know your typical height weight speed guy. I think he's listed at five eleven. It wouldn't shock me if he comes in at five ten. But uh, if you if you think about like Rashad Penton, he 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 reminds me a lot of Rashad Penton. Um, so there's a guy maybe later in the draft I could see them taking. But as far as the first round, um, man, I, I think that there's going to be there's always a lot of there's usually a run of corners. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know those J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain are, are the two big names. I think that they'll be gone. Um, I know this time last year, everyone was talking about like Sean Wade and stuff, and he's really fallen off. And, and I think he's more of a safety. Um, but that leads me to my next point, which is I think safety might be a bigger need than corner. Um, and that, that might be a little bit of a hot take, but um, whatever's going on with Juan Thornhill, again, you have to, you have to plan and you know, you, you pull, you play worst case scenario, right? Like I love Juan Thornhill, but what if he's never the same? Right. What if this is what if this is it? Like um, you also have to consider you've got um, I'm sorry, you've got uh, Dan Sorensen. And what you know, are you going to play a lot of safe uh, three safety sets? Do you draft a guy who can you know learn from Dan Sorensen or who can replace, um, you know, Juan Thornhill? That's where you you know, you have to start thinking about those things. And again, I don't think that'll be a, a second or a first round guy, but, it, you know, you get into the late second or you know third rounds. And there's a safety there. Um, you got to think about it, right? You draft, you draft talent. Right. The other thing I'll say is, you know, you have. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine a world where they let Tyran Matthew leave this organization. But you talk about salary cap and his contract. I, I think he'll get a new deal probably this offseason. Honestly. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes sometimes hard decisions have to be made, and and you talk about leveraging those negotiations. Say, hey, I got a younger guy. You know. Right. I, I would not say that to again. Yeah, probably... people, people who scare me <laughs> would not say that to, to Tyron Matthew. I'd, I would not be like, oh yeah, I've got some younger guys to come replace you because then yeah. they're gonna have to. Replace me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but you know, you think about the leverage side of it or the business side of it. Sure. Um, so, so that again, I don't have a lot on corners or even a first yeah. round safety. That's why I think you're good there because I think you're, I think you're, you've seen kind of what they're looking at at corner. Uh, DeAndre mm-hmm. Baker, if you heard at all, Nate Taylor pretty much reported that that's a mm-hmm. dude that they plan on playing. Yeah, he's gonna. Big he's in their plans for twenty twenty one. So and Andy Reid basically said as much in the press. He's gonna be able to heal and come back from that fully hundred percent, real good, happy about that. In other words, mm-hmm. he coming back here about yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good thing. Um, I so the the real quick thing, Garrett, on your uh Owusu Koromoa thing with him and the Willie Gay comparison. Willie played like what nine games in college, ten, yeah, something like that. It wasn't a lot. Owusu's been playing for three years. I'd have to go back and look. But he's not quite got the same experience level is, so I don't think you quite have the same treatment from Spags necessarily there because he also played for Brian Kelly. Um, and that defense, he's played under Bob Diacono and, and, the, and the other guys that have been the DCs there. Spags knows knows that, if I'm not mistaken, knows Brian Kelly and them pretty well from a previous experience. So, um and if not, he knows from coaching against him against his brother Chip. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely but, fair. Um, and then, like I said, I think I think you're spot on with, with where you're kind of evaluated the needs are. So my question for you then is this is – and this is how we'll kind of wrap this up is I, I'm super curious about two things, and we'll do this in, in a basically a rapid-fire thing, one for each team. Uh, each team has a first-round pick. The Raiders are at – 17 the chargers are at 13 and the broncos are at nine um just kind of what you see their main need their main needs are not necessarily who but just a position of strength for them last or year whatnot, last year we saw a lot of them go AFC if you West have teams. a who last year we saw a lot of afc west teams go wide receiver obviously with jerry judy and henry ruggs because they were trying to they're trying mm-hmm. to out they're trying to basically keep up with the Chiefs on offense, which was seemed like to be seemed to be the plan for the AFC West last year. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. curious to see what their plan is this year. Maybe work on the defensive side. Maybe try to stop Patrick Mahomes instead of just trying to fight it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, you know. So that's the first part, and then the second part is this part's the easy part. Which team out of the four options: Colts, Browns, Titans, Ravens? Would you rather see an arrowhead in the divisional round? And then we'll let you, we'll get everybody out of here. All right. So uh, just looking at the, the AFC West, who, who they're going to draft. Uh, if the Chargers are smart, uh, so they probably won't do this, uh, they're going <laughs> to grab an offensive lineman finally to keep Justin Herbert upright. Um, I know that there's other needs on that team. I know cornerback is a need, but I mean, you, you've got your guy. You don't want him, you know, the worst thing you can do to a young quarterback is, uh, you know, have him develop bad habits. You don't want him seeing ghosts uh, like Sam Darnold. So you protect him at all costs. They're going to be in position to grab a, a good offensive lineman, take the offensive lineman, fix that offensive line, or at least try to for the hundredth time um, in the last decade. Uh, stop getting him hurt every five minutes. It yeah. Help. Yeah. Try, I mean, you just, you got to keep him healthy. Um, the Raiders, man, I don't even know what the Raiders are going to do. Cause they, they just, I mean, and I love Mike Mack. But, you know, I grew up watching him. He, if I had a dollar, I'd say, you know, to, if I had to put a dollar on it, um, what makes a lot of sense for me is Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa for, for the Raiders. I think they might go him over uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa just because he is kind of that old school 
uh, well, people are going to call him a thumper. Don't, he's not a thumper. He's not. That's my biggest criticism of him is he doesn't get off. I, I haven't seen him disengage from from blocks very well, um, but I can see that just because he's he's his measurables. Um, there's a part of me that really wants them, you know, because the Raiders pick, um, you know, pretty. I mean, kind of the middle, but. I really want them to dra- draft Trey Lance and just, uh, <laughs> I mean, just, just after, after all of last year speculating that they're going to move on from Carr, and then he finally has a decent season and everyone feels good about it. And then um, I want to see, I want to see uh, certain, I, I won't name names, but I would like to see certain fans who are very active on Twitter and affiliated with the Raiders uh, and the, the mental gymnastics that would occur. Uh, Is his if, name if, close to Roby? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Along those lines. Is there a fake Chiefs fan account that might be a a spoof off of a certain guy whose face Conrad McGorkin might have made a very interesting meme out of after he got eliminated? Raider Brody. Brody, That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to name names, but I just want to see the mental gymnastics. Like, please, please, John Gruden and Mike. (laughs) I will call them. Uh, I, I will. I don't even know, but. Do you, don't, you don't like Marcus Mariota? I, I think Mariota's going to resuscitate his career under John. That's what they told me Not earlier a bad this idea. offseason when Derek Carr wasn't supposed to be good again. I can't I can't hate on Mariota because I wanted the Chiefs to sign Mariota and let Andy Reid flip him for a second-round pick this year. But I'm yeah. not mad at that. I think you're going to see a lot of them doing that. I think once you see Chad Henney and Matt Moore kind of get on their way as far as aging <laughs> out and stuff, you're going to see a lot of comp picks, which we didn't talk about at all much in this episode, but Chiefs are going to be getting some comp picks for some guys from yeah. last year that they're going to use. So that straight-up scenario you uh, yeah. presented – um, I think could be an option because Brett Veach likes to wee-he-heel in deal at draft time. Yes, and I, I that's where I'm like, some of these guys, I'm like, it would take a trade-up. I think the Chiefs are trading up this year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Take their shot in the first round. Um, if you want – so here's my, my insight, like just in my own brain. If I'm the Chiefs, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Waddle, I'm just going to wait until mm-hmm. one of them falls to about where C.D. Lamb – uh, if they fall to 20 where the bears are, I'm on the phone. I'm going, Hey, listen, I got a third round pick this year. I got a third round pick next year. I'll throw in a fifth and I'm coming up to 20. I'm going to draft me Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle or Jamar chase. You realize that you are literally making people's heads melt and burn and explode, right? I'm just saying it wouldn't be. Uh... And I'm not talking about our fan base. I'm talking about other fan base. Our <laughs> fan base is dancing in the street with that pick. Exactly. But... Well, I mean, but sometimes you, you draft just to, just to annoy the other teams. Uh, so the Broncos, uh, not that anybody cares about the Broncos. Um, <laughs> Speaking of a Trey Lance destinational option, actually, uh, that's not no. Trey Lance. That's uh, um, um, who's the kid out of um, Kyle Trask? Uh, yes, Florida. Kyle Trask. Yeah. That is a Kyle Trask destination. Maybe I've John ever seen one. Yeah, uh, well, he, he Tebow stepped away, he stepped away. So you know, there's there might be hope. We'll see who they hire. Yeah. He's uh, still in control of president of football ops. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think um, if they're, again, if they're smart, so we'll see what happens. I think you go offensive line again. Um, you know, Drew Locke got banged up a little bit this year. I know Garrett Bowles uh, didn't commit 10 holding penalties a game this year, and they gave him a big, a big contract for that. Yeah, <laughs> but I think you still, yeah, you still have to hedge against, you know, regression and you, you play, you know, you say, Hey, you, you can always, you can never have too many offensive linemen. So uh, I think a guy that makes sense for them, uh, Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech, um, he reminds me a lot of, uh, gosh, uh, their tackle they had years ago when they were good, uh, Ryan Clady. That's who it was out of Boise mm-hmm. State. 
that's my that's who he reminds me of um as far as who i'd like to see in the divisional round <sighs> i know a lot of people are going to say the colts because they're you know they like they have fond memories of beating up on uh philip rivers colts scare me a little bit um i don't want to see the titans and and here's the thing i think the titans are the worst matchup because the titans are going to be motivated yeah they're people i mean Derrick Henry just had a 2,000-yard season and, and probably the quietest 2,000-yard season anyone's ever had. Nobody's <laughs> talking about it. And I'm like, Facts. I'm like, dude, that's, you know, and I think that if they came into era, they'd be they'd be probably the most, uh, the second most motivated team to beat the Chiefs. I think the Ravens would be the most, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so, so, so am I getting uh, a Cleveland take here? Is that what you're telling I'll me? Take, I'll take Cleveland. I'll take Baker Mayfield, uh, throwing a couple of interceptions to Legereus Sneed. And just being like, who's that guy? Because, you know, he's too busy yeah. filming uh, commercials <laughs> watch, watch any film. Um, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to make it with everything going on with their coaches right now. But yeah, it's not uh, I would kid. love a, a Baker Mayfield. Yikes. So, uh, yeah, I, I would love that matchup. Um, again, good running team, but it's the Browns. Uh, really, it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, I have a yeah. love-hate relationship with him, but it's mostly I'm just like, man, you your decision-making sometimes uh, – and that's Kevin Stefanski's just got to, he, he deserves coach of the year just for getting, you know, Mayfield to make better decisions as, as much as he has this year. Um, and there are certain, there are still times where you're just like, what are you doing? Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Browns are probably a, you know, in terms of the most comfortable matchup, I think the Ravens would be really fun, uh, but I'd be a little nervous because they, they really, really would like to one day both. I mean, they would both like to win a playoff game with yeah. Lamar Jackson. That might happen one day. And they would also really, really like to beat the Chiefs with Lamar Jackson. So um, they would. I think they would be very motivated in that situation to uh, try to make it look like they're a good NFL football team. Fair enough. All right. On that note, I think we're going to get you out of here. Oh, also, um, I know this is breaking news. This will not be breaking by the time uh, when you guys all hear this. But um, on the note of Owusu Korma, he just won the Buckus Award for uh, the best linebacker in the country. So well, there you go. Um, so there's that. But uh, we really appreciate having you on today. The draft insight was fantastic. Uh, we will make sure everybody goes and follows him at Arrowhead Tom. It's right over there on Twitter. Go grab it. Um, He's going to be, I'm sure, providing you with all kinds of draft tidbits and all kinds of chief stuff over the next several months leading up into the draft. Mm -hmm. So we look forward to it. Thanks for having us on. Garrett, do you have anything uh, you want to add? No, that's about it. You know, follow us on Twitter at Kingdom Says Pod and follow our personals. And, uh, yeah, you know, just enjoy the Super Wild Card Weekend. Enjoy, you know, watching uh, who's going to face the Chiefs, I guess. And uh, it's going to be a good one, I think. Okay. So see you guys later. Thanks again, sir. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.